welcome to Biblical Insights. I'm your host, Pat Fisk. This is where God's Word is proclaimed, and we are definitely unashamed. We tackle issues that are trying to steer our culture away from God. As we watch TV, whether it's the news or one of our favorite shows, the goal, it appears, is to not just entertain us anymore, but the goal is to indoctrinate us. God's Word is clear. The Christian voice is being silenced, or so they wish. Tolerance is no longer tolerable. It's time to take a stand and be the voice we're meant to have. Sit down, buckle up. It's going to get bumpy, so hold on. Let's go. Hey, welcome to Biblical Insights. My name is Pat Fisk. As you heard, this is where God's Word is proclaimed, and we are definitely not ashamed of God's Word. Uh, we're in a series right now on spiritual growth, and as we, we look at spiritual growth, we look at uh, uh, different aspects of what a true believer is and what a disciple is, and uh, bottom line, obviously we're talking about what a Christian is. Uh, I have a little issue right there just for a second uh but anyways <clears throat> what we want to look at today is uh habits habits for spiritual growth so how do we develop these habits what are these habits uh to i, I think with with spiritual growth and with uh the word disciple discipleship it is all the same absolutely the same there's no difference between the two uh because the goal in uh, any kind of discipleship that you have is to be more Christ-like. And to be more Christ-like, you have to grow spiritually. just makes sense. And so with that, we're going to look at some different aspects of some different habits of what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Christ, uh, a Christian. So what does that look like Uh and it's a behavioral thing that we need to adjust and change. We might not think it's okay, or might not think we have to study the word every single day. Uh, I differ on that. I, I think we should. We should be in God's word every single day and spend that time, because how else are you going to get to know him uh, who created us, who designed us? Uh, the only way we can is just that, is to get into his word every day. So in previous lessons, we've talked about uh, different eyes, like goals for spiritual growth, behavioral goals. Behavioral goals and is something that we seek to become more Christ-like, emulating uh, his character. What, is, what does Christ's character look like? Uh, we looked at functional goals and uh, to determine and develop our own abilities and our own functions in the body, within the body of Christ. Uh, someone wants to get into the music ministry you know what? Jump in the music. If you, if you have a voice, man, jump up there, sing, sing to your heart's content and enjoy it and, and let other people enjoy your voice. Uh, I don't, obviously. That's why I'm not a singer. But I have other talents that I use that I jump in the church every time I have a chance and I offer those. And that's important is that's how you get to, it's part of your family. How do you help out your family? by doing just that is taking whatever talent whatever gift that god's given you and using it for what reason not to glorify yourself but to glorify god 
So we need to look at functional goals. We looked at congregational goals. Congregational goals are how do we unite and as a and grow as a congregation. Uh, that as well as individual, that's important. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, going to a church and not being not being part of it, taking taking the opportunity to to learn about God, taking an opportunity to get in small groups. Uh, I think that is just absolutely huge when it comes to building, uh, building the church of your local body of Christ. Okay, so to meet our goals requires a development of good habits. Anything you do in life develops, you have to have a good habit. I mean, literally in everything, everything you do, we have to have a good habit. Uh, because if you don't develop good habits and continue with those good habits, guess what's going to happen? Bad habits are going to come in. And you're going to start having this really bad habit and you're going to feed that bad habit. And it's going to be harder to develop a really good habit in anything we do when it comes to de uh, developing that spiritual growth. <clears throat> My wife and I are, we're, we're going to be doing a, a discipleship program, training, being ahead of disciples, because that is so, it, it's so missing in the churches nowadays. Uh, Jim Putman is, we're doing a program through him, we're the navigators. <clears throat> Excuse me. Navigators are great too. Uh, this one, Jim Putman, and I'm going to unplug it. I wish I had it in front of me, but I don't. But it's called The Journey, and it's an 11 week course. Day by day, you got uh, day one, week one, day one, two, three, four, five. You take a break for Saturday and Sunday, jump at it on Monday, go for it again. And then you meet once a week. Uh, but you do this, it, it could be a small group, but then again, it could be like, anywhere between four and 12 people. You don't want it too big because you, you meet about 90 minutes a month or a, a week. And with that group, then it gives you enough time with that size of group, max 12. Uh, it gives you that time to, that you can actually go through what you've learned throughout the week. And uh, it gives everyone an opportunity to talk. So I recommend small group. My wife and I are doing it right now, but in January, <clears throat> in about a month, we're gonna be opening it up and we're gonna be choosing different leaders within our church that we think are could be leaders, let's say that, that are potential leaders that once they go through the course, uh, that's discipleship training, train them to be leaders, and then they can move on and form groups. And that is the key, is to get everyone through a discipleship program to become and develop that habit. That is key, develop that habit to learn more and learn about God. That's the only way we're gonna we're gonna do it to emulate his character is to learn about him. How do we learn about him? We develop good habits and continue that every single day. Spend time with him every single day. Whether you read, whether you watch videos, uh, however you get fed in that personal one-on-one -on -one devotional time with, with God is super important. That The means of how you do that, not so much, but you need to get into his word. So no matter how you get into his word, that's the key is getting into his word, whether, like I said, by video, uh, audio tape, uh, or uh, how about reading his word, getting into the book. Okay. Crack the book open, uh, brush off all the dust, open it up. You'd be amazed what you find inside it. So our goals require the development of good habits. Like I said, habits are stepping stones in which we can ensure 
that we eventually meet our goals. So we've developed these habits day by day to get into God's word. And as we get into God's word every single day, you're building that stepping stone. You're one step closer to what? Being like Christ. We're made in his image, but part of that being in, made in his image is just that, to learn more about him and to study him. So we need to build those stepping stones and that habit and to get to know him. Okay, habits are things that are done on a frequent basis. Like I said, daily basis, on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, okay, uh, that that slowly produce a certain effect. You gotta, you have a goal, you have an end goal that you're looking for to do. What is that? To be Christ-like, to be more like his character. So how do you develop that? You develop a daily habit, okay? And we're gonna go on through these different habits, these good moral behavioral habits that will get you closer to that. But you develop that and you got to do it daily. You got to be consistent. I don't care what it takes, but you've got to be consistent in whatever you're doing. Uh, whether it's a weekly thing, whether it's a daily, I totally recommend daily thing. Spend time every single day, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes reading a devotional. There's no excuse. There's absolutely zero excuse not to do it. Okay. Unless you're just like openly, blatantly defiant and rebelling against God. There's no reason why. You can't spend 15 minutes. And I'm speaking right now, I'm speaking to the believers, like our believers. Hopefully there's other people that might be listening to this that have not yet uh, turned their life over and, and gotten rid of those stupid bad habits that we have and turned them over to God and creating us this new heart and this desire to follow him and become one of his disciples. So that is the key. That's who I'm sp speaking to right now. So we need to develop that habit. Once we develop that habit, man, it's endless what you can achieve. So habits are done on a frequent basis. So once we've uh, established what we're going to do, find out a time, find a place, a quiet place where you can spend time and develop that with him. So uh, weekly, daily, I say weekly because uh, obviously we meet on Sundays or if, if you happen to work on Sundays and stuff like that, whatever time you decide that you're going to meet with other people, it, you can't do this alone. I'm going to be very, very, very clear on this. You cannot do this alone. You cannot be a lone ranger in your room and stuff. If you have no other choice, then you know what? That's a little bit different, but you need to be, and we'll talk about this later. Hopefully we'll get into it tonight, but you have to somehow get into a group, whether it's a small group that you meet or, and I totally recommend that, or just that congregational get inside of a church, a good, good, good church that's Bible preaching, Bible believing, believe that the God's word is inerrant, is without error and not ashamed to proclaim. That's the key. Not ashamed to proclaim the truth. So anyways, I think of really drilled on that and unless we establish good habits bad habits will set in like i said earlier unless you develop a really good habit bad habits are going to set in and it's going to hinder our spiritual growth we're going to be good or bad one or the two we don't have any choice we're going to we're going to develop and we're going to build on one or the other okay but i think we need to get into the, the good habit of building really good things and learning more about God. So what are some of these? We're going to look at uh, some of the different habits 
obviously, in what it's going to take to be spiritually mature. Get away from that milk and start eating some of that steak. So we're talking about behavioral habits. The first one I want to look at is reading the Bible. Okay. I recommend, obviously, crack that book open and learn what pray first. Uh, and we're going to talk about praying later. That's another habit we're going to, we want to get into. Uh, but before you read, I recommend that you, you sit down and you, and you say a little prayer. Ask God for understanding. Ask God for discernment. Ask God, what do you want me to get out of this? Show me you. Reveal yourself in your word to me. God's going to meet you where you are, where he needs you to be. Uh, I, I don't know how else to say that. Uh, God does speak to us. We were watching a, uh, a video earlier today by uh, Mike Winger, and one of the questions was, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, yeah, you're a Christian, right? Yeah, well, then God spoke to you, okay? You just might not remember him speaking to you, but he did speak to you. He spoke to your heart, and that's why you became a Christian. That's kind of a no-brainer, okay? God spoke to me the other day, uh, not literally, like, hello, Pat. He didn't say that, <clears throat> but what he did, we prayed for something, and it was literally the next day. It wasn't even a thing on my mind. Didn't even think about that. God brought it up and said, this is it. I asked for clarity. God showed me clarity. And there's no other way to explain it, but it was a God thing. And I just sat back like, really? Okay. I took that. It's not like I'm looking for answers and, and I see everything keep going by, keep going by. I was like, God, why didn't you show me? He's like, I did. I sent you this. I sent you this. I sent you that. No, as soon as, if you have a, a spiritual mindset, then you're going to comprehend and you're going to recognize spiritual things. And I, I can't explain it any more than that. But as a non-believer, you're not going to see these things. You're not going to be able to understand it when these things happen. You're just like, oh yeah, just by chance or whatever. No, it is absolutely, it is a total God thing. So I kind of diverged on that one. But like I said, just pray before you get into and read God's word. Just pray. Ask God to open your mind. Open your heart. Okay? Open your heart to receive his word. Okay? Get rid of our preconceived notions about things. And God, just speak to me. Speak to me through your word. Okay? The word of God is crucial in growing spiritually. Okay? can't say that enough it is absolutely crucial in growing in his word uh we're going to look at turn to first peter 2 2 so first peter 2 2 is as newborn babes desire the milk or desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted the lord or tested, tasted that the Lord is gracious. Sorry about that. So what is it saying? It says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, okay, that you may grow thereby, okay? Desire, desire, desire. Put in your heart that you want to learn more and try to absorb everything you possibly can out of his word. Okay, David described the value of God's word in Psalms. So take a look with me at Psalm. Come on, having problems. 
So computer's acting up a little bit. So let's do Psalm 19. So do Psalm 19. Not 119, but Psalm 19. And start in verse 7. So Psalm 19, uh, verse 7. We're going to look at David describe the value of God's word. Okay, the value of God's word. Let's take a look at that. So Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is pure or is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Okay, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Okay, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than they <clears throat> desired are they than gold? Yeah, much or than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Excuse me. So look at that last verse. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. What does it say? And in keeping them, there is great reward. So we're going to be rewarded in keeping his word. And the value is greater than fine gold. I mean, there's nothing greater than, than his word. And especially when we're like in whatever kind of situation, we might be in a bad situation or something, then his word just might pop out to you and just like, wow. And you can rest in him. He is my strong refuge. He is my tower. He is my strength. And we can rest in that. And that is just absolutely amazing. So he also illustrated the blessedness and the fortitude of one who meditates daily in the word of God. So take a look at with me at Psalm, uh, was it Psalm 1? Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. So Psalm 1, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. And what is it, blessedness? It's just you sit back and you think about God's word as you're reading it and he exposes himself to you. And then you turn around and you end up, when you're sharing this with someone, sharing God's word with someone, that your heart comes out. And when you're sharing his truth, when you start seeing his truth, it is absolutely amazing. Just the things, it's like those aha moments. As soon as you read it, you're just like, whoa. This is totally a God thing. And you can feel it in your heart when, when he reveals something to you. So look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man, oh, let me try this again. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands, <clears throat> or who walks not, sorry about that, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So verse 3. 
He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So when we look at right off the bat, but delight in his or delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. When was the last time that you can say that you meditated, <coughs> excuse me, that you meditated day and night in his in his word? That you you spent everything that you did, you spent in God's word. Uh, and just from the moment you woke up in the morning through the entire day, that's what you focused on. You focused on his word and how can I glorify, how can I learn, just totally be in the spirit the entire day. Okay, it's hard. The Christian who wants to grow spiritually must therefore develop a habit of daily Bible reading, such as reading through the Bible each year. Everyone, there's no excuse. <clears throat> there's so many different plans. Well, I don't know how. Where do I start? What do I do? There's no excuse. There's so many different Bible plans out there that you can read. You can uh, read any kind of devotional. It'll tell you to read part of the Old Testament, part of the New Testament every day, and it'll be a one-year reading plan. You can go... Uh, sometimes in the back of your Bible, it'll show you a, uh, a one-year reading plan. Just There's no excuse. It's called Google. You just Google it, one-year Bible reading plan, or however long. Spend the time uh, reading just the New Testament one year and the Old Testament the next year, or vice versa. Or you can read the entire New Testament. It's about three chapters. Uh, what is it? Three chapters or something like that uh, a day. Uh, yeah, so it's about three chapters a day. Uh, reading through the Bible each year. So if you spend and you focus on reading every single day, about three chapters or, or more, uh, every single day, which is not that much, then you'll get through the entire Bible in a year. So I challenge you beginning in January, January 1st, start reading one chapter, three chapters in the Bible. Start at Genesis, read the first three chapters, day one, day two, day three, day four, read three chapters every single day. And by the end of the year, you know what? You'll read through the entire Bible. You'll be amazed. And then guess what you're going to do? You're going to start over. Do it again. The more and more you get, you're going to pick up things. I don't care how many times you've read this certain book. You're going to pick up things every single time. Every single time you read the Bible, that's that passage, something in that passage is going to jump out at you differently. It's going to talk. It's going to speak to you. So read through the Bible. Or perhaps, like I said, read the New Testament one year, Old Testament next year. Okay, but feeding upon God's word daily, we receive that spiritual nourishment. Okay, that's how we get fed spiritually is by getting into his word. There's no other way. You cannot get into his, you cannot grow spiritually without getting into his word. Bottom line, end of subject. Okay, unless you cannot read, then you know what? There's no excuse. There's audio Bibles. Okay, absolutely, there's no excuse. Uh, unless you're living out in the country in the boonies or, or some other country, uh, out in the jungle and you don't have but you know what god will reach you there's no excuse it says roman in romans chapter one we are without excuse okay there's no excuse for not getting to know god okay getting to know the one who created you in his image no excuse whatsoever so we have to develop that that plan that daily habit of reading his word and here's one that I that I struggle with, and I will be absolutely honest. That I struggle with prayer. 
Okay. Uh, that is a, a part of my life that I know for a fact that I need to develop better is my, my prayer life. And I'm sure there's other people who can say the same thing, but I think the prayer life is something that is super, super important and we need to do whatever we can to do it. Uh, it it's just, it's not that hard. It's, it's just sitting down. There's no formal, uh, formal thou art blah, 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 and just routine. It's, it's nothing like that. It is just taking your time and sitting down with him, find a quiet place and just sit back and talk to him. Okay. Just like you're, there's just no excuse. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself right now. There's no excuse to develop. We had a lady in our church, Stella was just an amazing prayer warrior. That was her thing. That was her witness. She was just an amazing prayer warrior. Uh, that was her ministry. Yeah, so I miss her. All right, so we're going to look at Hebrews 4, and it's verse 16. So the practice of prayer is also required. So through prayer, we find mercy and grace. So we're going to look at, it's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Man, that is so important. So let's read that again. Okay. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That's God's throne. Okay. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay. So there's no excuse, absolutely zero excuse just to get to know God. You sit down and, and you just talk to him and, and he'll trust me. He talks back. Uh, it might not be this like audible voice, like, hello, fat. It's not going to be that. It's just going to, he's going to speak to you through his word. He's going to reveal things in his word into your life. Guarantee it. Just do it. And you'll know. Through prayer, we find peace to guard our hearts. If you hide his word, uh, in your heart is it hard or is it easy uh if you're let me okay let me try i got my thought let me try to get it right if we have god's word constantly in our hearts and we are praying we are reading we are doing everything uh we're, we're helping other disciples uh there's no excuse not to be doing all those things. And as we're doing it, we're guarding our hearts. Because as you're, you're reading, you're teaching, you're praying, you're sharing your faith, okay? What's that doing? That is building your faith up. That's building within you this wall, and it's a it's a it's a wall of protection because the more and more of this goodness of God's word that you are uh, just devouring, it's harder and harder for the evil one to infiltrate that. And 
it's harder and harder for false teachings to infiltrate that because you're going to be so grounded in the word constantly just devouring it and just bathing in his word every single day then it's going to be hard to have any of these outside forces getting into your life it really is so i encourage you to to get in there because what you're doing is you're building that solid rock foundation that it's not going to be able to it's not going to be easy to get tore down you're not going to be able to tear it down and you're going to be able to smell like what is what happens when you have uh like bankers uh they don't investigate and they don't study uh when it comes to, to like counterfeits they have the real deal they have the real thing in their hand they're constantly touching it feeling it smelling it, whatever but you know by the feel of it and you grab a dollar bill you're like counting it as boom whoa this one feels funny okay so what are they doing they are constantly studying uh the real deal so when a counterfeit comes you're going to see it right off the bat you're going to feel it you're going to boop red flag but it's also when you're in god's word every single day and you're constantly feeding yourself spiritual truth uh from the text that when a heresy comes along you're going to be able to pick it out you're going to be able to say Oop, radar is going to go up hair's going to stand up obviously my hair is not going to stand up but hair on the back of your neck is going to stand up and you're like that's false that is wrong and i'm not going to get into like different doctrines uh because i have i have brothers that did that different they're not salvational issues but they they are different uh i shouldn't say that they are different uh, they have different views on certain things, but when I, I come across like whatever, wherever I stand and I come across other views, like, huh, all right, it's okay to study the other side. And I'm not saying as an enemy, I'm just, because on certain issues, it's, they're, they're friends. They're on the same team. Okay. We're brothers and we're sisters. Uh, we just differ on the interpretation of that. So, getting into God's word. So, what is it? The prayer that guards your heart. So, uh, Philippians 4, verses, what is it? Verses 6 and 7. So, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, know, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. So we can find peace, but in everything, by prayer, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything that we do, we do it in prayer. We, uh, my wife and I, we prayed one night and boom, next morning God showed, and it was very clear what God showed me or showed us. And we just sat back. It's like, are you kidding me? That was amazing. So does he work? Oh, he works in crazy ways. And sometimes we just have to sit back and have our little spiritual antennas on. It's like, woo, tingling and they're good. Uh, God's word is good. Uh, but we need to listen for, sometimes God gave us two ears, one mouth. It's really important that when we pray for certain things, we sit back and we actually wait for him to answer. We're not going to be sluggards and just like, mm -hmm. but we need to actually be there ready. And so we can see, 
we can hear when God speaks to us. So, but if you look at it, we look at, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And it says, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. This is what's so amazing. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Okay. That means we, we, we can't understand the, the peace of God. Okay. It's just, it's so beyond. I, I don't want to know like how the, the, the Trinity works. Because if I'm like, I totally got that, okay? Well, then God, you're kind of bringing God down to your level, okay? Because I, I, I worship an infinitely knowing, powerful God. And I have such a finite little brain compared to that. Nothing compares to that, put it that way. So I don't want to be able to sit there and say, oh, I totally understand it 100%, because you're not. And if you if you say that you do, certain issues you can. But when it comes to uh, the hypostatic union, or it comes to the kenosis, or whatever, how can God, the Trinity, how can there be three separate persons, but all one Godhead? We can kind of explain, we try to use our simple minds and explain like analogies, how we can explain it, but, but we're not going to obviously find and figure all this out. We're not going to. And, and again, we don't want to. So the peace of God, which surpasses all on earth, how can God understand some of these things? But it, it'll guard our hearts and minds. Okay. That is, uh, that's an amazing thought, guarding our hearts and our minds. So that is just a little bit about prayer. The Christian must therefore continue steadfast in prayer. We have to continually, I mean, continually be in prayer for, for everything. Don't just, oh God, what do you want me to have for dinner tonight? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about situations that are in your life that what are we going to do? Like I was listening to someone today uh, about who are they going to marry? Okay. He wanted the a yes or no. Yes, marry this person or no, you're not marrying this person. But he had that peace understanding saying, you know what? This is a good person. So if it's a good person, okay, that was the answer he got. Well, they end up getting married and they're married forever. But sometimes yeah, it's not looking. Sometimes when you pray for answer, there's like three different ways. It's going to be yes, no, or wait. Okay. He's going to either answer it right away and there's going to be a resounding yes to whatever your prayer is, or it's going to be a no and that door is going to be slammed shut in your face. And then the one that will teach you patience to twofold, he's going to say, wait, he's not going to get an answer. He's going to sit back, wait on the Lord. And he'll reveal that he'll reveal that uh, to you in his time, not ours. Uh, but like I said the other day, uh, God right away answered my prayer. It was like instantaneous, boom, uh, prayer was answered, and it was very clear. It wasn't like, oh, uh, how do I say this? Uh, it wasn't praying to receive something, a material thing. It was just a situational thing. What do I do? And he made it very, very clear to me uh, what I should do. And it worked. Uh, and I can't stop talking about it because it was just such an amazing thing. And 
something my wife and I were definitely not concerned about, but just talking about. And it's like, okay, we need to figure this out. Okay, so perhaps emulating David. Let's take a look at Psalm. Uh, turn to Psalm, is it Psalm 55? <clears throat> Excuse me. Psalm 55, and it's going to be verse 17. So Psalm 55, 17. All right. Oh, I hit the wrong one. I supposed to hit Psalm 55. Where is it? Psalm, there it is, 55, verse 17. All right, so emulating an example of Paul. Uh, right here, let's take a look at that. Uh, Psalm 55, verse 17. It says, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Wow. You just sit back, evening and morning and at noon. He means always, always. Evening, morning, and at noon. I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. God's going to listen to you. God's going to hear you. When I say listen, he's going to hear you. And again, I'm speaking to a, to the, the believers right now. He's going to hear you. Might not answer your prayer exactly how you want it, but he's going to hear you. Okay. And the custom of Daniel who prayed three times daily. Okay. Daniel, when he was taken into captivity, uh, prayed three times daily constantly in prayer got him in trouble uh but he was basically saying you know what i'm gonna do what god wants me to do i am going to listen to him above i don't know you guys and it that's what we need to do we need to have that attitude is you know what god comes first in our life and we need to we need to put him ahead period that is our hierarchy our structure system is god and then our family comes Okay, because we can't love our family unless we got love God first. Because by loving God first, He gives us an example on how to love our family. And then after the family, you guys put in whatever decision you want, whatever order, uh, friends, family, or family, friends, work, and all that. It just doesn't matter. God first, family next. That is always how it's going to be. And you know what? And pray, uh, like David says, evening, morning noon i will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice i i mean really so just as we must listen to god daily through his word so we also must talk to him daily if we are to grow have you developed that habit of praying i i, I truly heartfelt heartfelt prayer is that you do develop a a prayer life and you sit down daily and and pray with him talk to him just just to do that just to sit down and talk to him uh, and that's convicting me right now because i need to do that and uh, my wife and i were just talking about our, our prayer life and i need to i need to develop that prayer life not just with my wife and my my grandkids and stuff and my kids but constantly be praying for uh, 
not just material things like, oh, what can you get for me? Not seeking his hand, but seeking his face. That's what we need to be doing. So next I want to look at uh, the next habit, like singing. I mean, praising God, worship. Oh, man. Uh, you get in the mood. Oh, I feel bad. Uh, one of my uh, Big Daddy Weave was probably one of my favorite uh, Christmas here. Every time that some of his music would come on, it would just like bring me to tears and it just get really emotional. It's just like just bringing me like what we spoke about earlier about into the throne room of God. Just like, boom, you're right there. You're worshiping uh, for king and country. Same thing. Man, it, it just, it's powerful. And then when you're singing, some people, God didn't grant me and gift me with a beautiful singing voice. But you know what? That's not going to stop me. Uh, I'm still going to sing. Uh, when it gets into like worship on Sunday and it's kind of hard, I'm doing the screens, but man, I get into it and I get caught up sometimes and I forget to change the screen sometimes, but I just get so into the worship and I realize because I know these songs and I'm just singing away and I'm like, whoop, I got to click, click, click uh, for everyone else to enjoy too who might not know these songs by heart. But I think singing is absolutely amazing. Uh, that's just another way to, to worship and praise our Lord uh, is with our voice, with our singing voice. Uh, some people, like I said, have it. Some people don't. Uh, but that shouldn't stop you just because you don't have a singing voice and you're not like the greatest singer in the world. That shouldn't stop you because uh, I'm still going to sing, uh, and you should too. Okay, Praising God in song is also conductive in spiritual growth. Okay, David, the man uh, after God's own heart, developed the practice of praising praising God daily. You can look at it in Psalm 104 and also Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 164. One of my favorite psalms, one for uh, Psalm 150, verse 5, praising him with loud cymbals, crashing cymbals, uh, because that's what it's all about, is him, absolutely about him. Uh, just worship him, get into his word, and get into singing. If we teach one another through songs, do we not also teach ourselves when we sing? Look at Colossians. This is interesting. So look at Colossians 3, uh, Colossians 3, verse 16. Sorry about that. Verse 16. All right. Where is it? Verse 16. Okay. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, which is songs, and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Wow. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Okay? And it's telling us to, to sing with that grace that's in our hearts. The Christian should uh, also make singing a habit that is second nature to him or her. Just when I'm in a car alone, uh, I have a habit of, I love to sing. I sing out loud. That's probably the best time for me to sing is when I'm in the car alone because no one else has to hear me and I can sing as loud as I want 
I come to a stop sign and I'm going to sing as loud as I want and there's nothing anyone can do about it uh, because it's just fun. I love singing. Uh, but again, God didn't grant me with, give me a, a beautiful singing voice. So I'm going to use other ways to praise him. Okay. When we're happy, we sing. Okay. James 5.13. In times of trial, we should sing. Okay. Sing praises to God. Okay. Praise him in good times. Praise him in the bad times. Uh, praise him always. As we develop habits of daily Bible reading and prayer, let us also develop that habit of singing praises to God daily as we seek to grow spiritually. Uh, here's something that is also really important is assembling. Okay. Assembling together with other Christians is super important. Uh, so turn with me to Hebrews. Uh, was it Hebrews 10, 24? Uh, and you guys probably know this one off pretty good. So Hebrews 10, 24, we're going to look at 24 and 25. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and verse 25. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. All right. So let's think about that right now. We're, we are stirring up love and good works. Okay. Now let's look at verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. What is the day approaching? That's the return of God. That's the return of Jesus. Okay. So we should be more than, more than ever right now, uh, assembling ourselves together more than ever because the day of the, day of the Lord is near and there's nothing I, I can't say that anymore okay not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together tells us right there in order to stir up love and good works we are to assemble together find a group whether it's a small group or, or a, a congregation a church we need to sit together because Imagine a tree. Just imagine trees, a forest. Imagine a single tree. You have a single tree sitting there and the wind's blowing. There's nothing. You're all by itself. You're out in the middle of nowhere and you've got this one single tree. Massive storm comes up. Wind's blowing and it's just going to sit there and just blow back and forth because you have no protection. Okay, You are standing by yourself. You have no one to, to get your six. It means your back. You have no one to cover your back. Okay, you have no help, you have no support, you have nothing to lean on, nothing. But then when you have, and what's going to happen when the wind blows so, so far, you're going to fall, you're going to crash. Okay, tree breaks, you're done. But when you have an assembly, when you have a group of people that love you, care about you, and that want the best for you, when you have multiple trees in a row, that one tree that's in the center that says you is being sheltered. You you're all taking the brunt of it. So when you're all taking the brunt of the wind back and forth, there's protection in numbers, not just in church. I mean, that's obvious in church, but I'm talking about anything you do. There's always protection in numbers. You got to think about that and keep that in mind. So it is, it is a means of stimulating one another to love and good works. We exhort one another in 
our service to Christ. So we lift up our service. If someone's falling, and when I say falling, I say they're falling into sin or they're feeling burnt out or they're just like, oh man, I just don't feel it today. Just, you know what? Life, okay, life is dragging me down. Well, then you know what? Then you come up and you lift them up. You grab them by the shirt or you grab them by the arm. You lift them up. Say, you know what? You're not alone in this. We are together in this, okay? So I'm going to help you get to where you're going. I'm going to lift you up, get you a cup of coffee, do whatever, okay? But you're going to be there. You're going to help out to encourage this individual to get out of that slump. And you know what? Life is going to happen. You can't change it. You can't. I wish I could because there's some crazy stuff going on right now. I wish I could change, but it ain't going to happen. Okay. But you know what we can do? We can all be together, be supportive together, and we can live together and act together. Okay. So therefore Christians should make a strong habit of attending church. Okay. I understand some people can't because they're, they're, they're shut in for whatever reason. Uh, but there's no reason how he said there are exceptions to the rule and saying that you can't get to church and stuff. Okay. I understand that, but watching a football game or watching a soccer game or a baseball game or whatever game, uh, unless you're the star quarterback in that team and you're particularly on the field, I don't see the reason. I don't see an excuse why you should miss church just for a game. And that's just me personally. I might offend some people when I say that, but I'm sorry. I just, it's so close to being idolatry. I'd rather go watch this game than be at church. It's hard. If you got season tickets, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I would just seriously think about it. If it's once in a while, Attend church as, worship, as, as as much as possible. Find a church. There's no excuse for not having a church home. There's not. Uh, especially nowadays. There's It's like Starbucks. There's a church on every corner. Uh, but I'm not saying that every church on every corner is a good church. you got to do your research. Find one. Find a church. Investigate it. Find something that is very authentic and holds to biblical truth, biblical standards. Uh, the more we attend, the stronger the habits become. And the less we attend, the weaker the habit becomes. Uh, I look forward to every Sunday going to church. Absolutely look forward to it. I love going and meeting my family because that's my family. Uh, I have two brothers. Both both my parents have passed and one of my brothers have passed. And I have two brothers that are not believers. and they're obviously in rebellion. So I don't really have a, that much in common with, with my biological family. Uh, absolutely. Like probably really nothing except for the biological part. So my family is my church family. That is my family. And I'm going to keep that and I'm going to do everything I can to strengthen that. That's why I'm so, so uh, hard pressed on teaching discipleship teaching biblical growth how do we spiritually grow especially in nowadays how crazy our country is right now we need to grow spiritually big time so with that yes we have to exhort one another we need to attend christians who make a habit to skip the assemblies 
struggle in their effort to grow spiritually. No Christian has grown stronger by neglecting the assembly. I'll say that again. No Christian has become stronger or, or spiritually mature by neglecting the assembly. You've, you've got to be part of that group. And if you're a lone ranger out there, then you know what? I, I recommend that you find a church, you find a good home. So the formation and exercise of such behavioral habits builds a foundation for solid spiritual growth that leads to maturity in Christ. That's our goal. As a disciple, that is our goal, is to be mature in Christ and is to be Christ-like, is to become what God created us. We were made in his image, okay? We need to live up to that image, and we need to learn how do we become like him. Okay, how do we do it? Bible study, prayer, seeing, bringing, uh, brings us close to God, in which that, that transforms our character. If we're, if we're in a Bible study, small group, big group, whatever, Bible study, men's group, uh, ladies group, uh, midweek Bible study, I don't care, Bible study, okay? Getting into his word, okay? Developing your prayer life, absolutely important. Develop a good prayer life, okay? Singing brings us closer to God. Assembling together brings us closer to God, okay? Because it's through those people, our friends and our family, that uh, when I say our friends, I'm talking like our church family, our church family. It's with that, that's how we develop our good habits of growth. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's actually really simple. So the closer to one another and prides, <clears throat> excuse me, so assembling, when we assemble like on Sundays or if we have a midweek service on, on Wednesdays or whatever, that brings us closer to one another, okay? And it provides the opportunity to develop those functional goals in the body of Christ. So if we get to know each other and we know what they're good at, we know what they're bad at, it's like, all right, well, definitely keep me away from the mic when it comes to singing. Definitely keep me away from that, okay? But it gives them opportunity to become part of the body that leads us to our to to this next step that we look at. We consider what I call the functional habits. Okay, assembling together with the church. Yes, we have already mentioned that the habit of assembling uh, with with other Christians it's important, but that was in connection with the personal spiritual growth. But if we reach our functional goals, it will be within the framework of our local church. That's what I'm speaking of right now. Our local church, building up our local church. Okay, so frequent assembling in the church, we become familiar with the identities of the individuals, okay, and the needs of the members, okay? How are you going to know if someone is needing anything in your church, okay? Uh, I challenged this the other day uh, in a men's breakfast. I said, do you know the individual that sits on the other side over there? And I kind of pointed out some areas because we are so we're creatures of habit that we will sit in the exact same spot. We'll talk to the same people every Sunday. Uh, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, but I think we need to venture out. Don't sit with the same people every single Sunday. I find it's a little bit difficult because I, I run the cameras and I run the computers and stuff. So it's a little bit more difficult for me to do it, <clears throat> but we still need to reach out before church and say hi to people. Talk to people that you don't know, that you, that you see every Sunday. 
but you don't know their name, okay? I think that's a problem. How do we get to know our friends and our family if we don't even know their name? How can we call them our family if we don't know their name? Okay, I'm convicted as well. So that's how we get to know uh, the different identities in the person. That's how we get to know uh, the needs of the people that are in our church. We learn what functions are needed in the Bible or in the church. Okay. Without getting to know some of these people, we learn what functions are needed. Uh, and that's by assembling. As we assemble, I realize that we don't have uh, a real discipleship program, really. I mean, I see a lot of different people discipling others and stuff like that uh, on like a one-on-one -on -one basis or like a, a pastor's uh like a, a, a Bible study, a men's Bible study and stuff like that. And that's what's happening. But I think as a formal discipleship training program, I, I realize that there's this void, okay? And uh, we got to fill that void. And I think discipleship is huge. And I think there's nothing greater than that discipleship program because that is geared to get you to know and to grow in Christ and get to know him better. And that's the only way we, I think the only way we can do that is going through a formal, uh, not the only way, but I think it's a really important way and going through a formal discipleship training It's is training leaders to be leaders, training disciples so they can turn around, train disciples and train disciples and train disciples. I think that's the, the key. And it's, and God taught us, Jesus told us that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I feel convicted on that one. So we are given the opportunity to be of service to one another. If we get to know them, if uh, a really good guy that's in our church, like super guy, his name's Chuck. I mean, he's a mechanic. I mean, he will dive, he will bend over backwards to crawl underneath your truck or your car or whatever to help you out. Okay. These are the things, but if we don't need, if we don't know these individuals who have these talents and if you don't, know these individuals you don't know that these talents are needed okay it's twofold you don't know that someone has a car if you don't get to know your people your family that they they, they might be catching the bus to church and we don't know that okay why because we don't get to know them their cars broke down well that's when we have these individuals that we get to know they're good mechanics get them involved get them put them together now you got a mechanic working on someone's car now they don't have to rely on the bus system so the habit of going to church is essential if we're going to go, uh, if we're going to be much use in, in our local church. Otherwise, we can't be counted on for service if we don't. Uh, got like a minute. I think we're going to cut it right here, and I, I will finish this next week, and we're going to be looking at participation in the work of the church, uh, habit of participating in assemblies, and I think, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to cut it, cut it right here. I'm like right at an hour. So I think I'll just end it with this. I think what we've developed is we've, we've got to get into God's word every single day and develop that habit, that daily habit. Uh, we're going to be into discipleship. I think next week I'm going to do uh, a Christmas message. It's the Friday before Christmas. So I'll give a little bit of a message on... Uh, on, on Jesus when he came 
to earth i i think we can look at it differently than just like the normal manger scene but i think we can look at it as uh from a jewish perspective a jewish believer on on christ coming and choosing his bride uh, but i think it's it's both uh i think it'd be an interesting message uh but yeah we'll do that next week we'll do that next friday we'll do that christmas message and i just i, I want to encourage you if i can encourage you right now i want to encourage you to pray develop that pray praying i should say that habit of praying for god uh praying to god for whatever it, it, i even as, if it's just to pray it's like thanking god pray when you're you're depressed pray when you're, you're happy Pray when things are going really, really good in your life. Praise God, worship Him, glorify God. Praise Him when they're really bad and say, God, get me out of this. How do I get out of this? Show me some way to get out of this. Pray before you're reading. Pray before you're making uh, major decisions. Just say, hey, God, I just wanted to speak to you today. Feeling kind of down. And I just, I wanted, I just wanted to talk to you. That happens a lot to me. And sometimes I just feel down. I just want to speak to God. And I might have done something stupid in my life and just like, God, forgive me. I need to uh, I need to ask for forgiveness. And uh, I need to repent of something. And whatever it is, we need to get in the habit of talking to God. We need to get in the habit of getting into God's word. Okay, Get into his word every day. Whether it's by video, whether it's by reading his word if it's just audio bible there's no excuse not to get into his word every single day uh and then don't forsake the gathering of the brethren okay find a church find a group there's no excuse not to be in a church group there's no excuse whatsoever that's what we need to do we need to get into it we need to get into god's word we need to get into it every single day uh that's all I've got. Uh, if I don't get a chance, obviously I would say Merry Christmas. God is good. And we need to continue to be in his word every single day uh, because his word is uplifting. It's convicting. But number one, we should not be ashamed to proclaim his truth. God bless. Welcome to Biblical Insights. I'm your host, Pat Fisk. This is where God's word is proclaimed and we are definitely unashamed. We tackle issues that are trying to steer our culture away from God. As we watch TV, whether it's the news or one of our favorite shows, the goal, it appears, is to not just entertain us anymore, but the goal is to indoctrinate us. God's word is clear. The Christian voice is being silenced, or so they wish. Tolerance is no longer tolerable. It's time to take a stand and be the voice we're meant to have. Sit down, buckle up. It's gonna get bumpy, so hold on. Let's go.